we'll get right into it. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Sex Actually Podcast. Your boy Dave Neal with guest Luke Peckman. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Thanks Dude, for having me. It's so good to see you today. I've never seen you with a shirt on. <laughs> that. that sounds about right. You're the you're the guy that I need by my side whenever I try to eat Carl's Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Your body is in such good shape. It Thank um you, man. yeah. I've always said that Zach Efron is my uh, like. He's like my my spirit animal of what okay. I what I aspire to be. But yeah. if if it's anyone I know, it would be you. Cool, well, I'm honored. You've got, uh, what's your Instagram? So the um, ladies who are listening, we I want them to start off knowing what they're t- listening okay. to. Uh, Luke Peckman, L U K E P E C H M A N N. And you're now how would you describe? You know, you're a professional swimmer. Yes. And um, give me your credentials. Let's start with that. Um, well, I'm training for my fourth U.S. Olympic trials and. Uh, been swimming my whole life obviously um i do healing work i do um lifestyle coaching consulting um, nutrition stuff for people um just love figuring out the human body the human mind how it works how how it all takes uh you're also a swimsuit model yeah because that's how we met you were modeling with tasha courtney my um co-host slash girlfriend (laughs) slash uh soon to be travel partner into europe if uh we finally booked this trip we we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, and I, I wasn't, I never go to her, uh, her photo shoots. Mm-hmm. Some, sometimes I go, but it's always like, I'm not going to be the guy who's like holding all of her clothes on some, you know, beach somewhere. Yeah. But then that day was interesting. Cause my, actually my good friend had just passed away mm, uh, and, and yeah, and he had a stroke. Crazy, Sorry, yeah. crazy. I mean, yeah. what was this like eight months ago yeah. that, that you guys met yeah. probably around then. Yeah. And, um, Completely, and I'm just sitting around, and I was like, I was supposed to go to my baseball game, and I was like, "Fuck this shit! I'm not <laughs> gonna go play baseball. If anything but a perfect game happens, I'm gonna be like, how oh, fuck this! Yeah. Here I am, like bitching about this, and my yeah. buddy couldn't even, you know.' Yeah. And then she's like, "Well, why don't you go to this photo shoot I'm doing in Malibu?" And I was like, "Okay, we'll go to that." Yeah, and I'm then next thing you know, you we're at like your buddy's mansion. Yeah. yeah, unbelievable location. Yeah, and um, you at the time had a girlfriend. Yes. And now you do not. Yes, correct. So fill me in on the last six months. Um, so yeah, we we um, parted ways a couple months ago, and you know, you and I had been talking about podcasting for a while, and just you know, we didn't link up. I was living in Venice, but uh, you know, it was one of those things that just needed to happen, and um, you know, the way my life has unfolded since I made that decision, and we kind of made that decision together. You is, made the decision together. Um. I don't know. I kind of gave her an ultimatum. I, I said I was moving out, so I, I guess that's kind of... Okay, so when... So how long were you dating before you moved in? Um, Before we moved in together? Yeah. I mean, we almost lived together from the start. We were living in um, Fargo, North Dakota when we met. No um, shit. Well, we went to the same high school for one year, so I transferred to her high school for swimming, um, to be honest. And Where were you coming from? I'm from a town called Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, and then I transferred to Moorhead High School... <clears throat> which is right next to Fargo, North Dakota. Fargo's on the North Dakota side, Minnesota's on the, or Moorhead's on the Minnesota side. So I met her there, um, but she didn't like me. She wasn't a big fan of me at all. Um, you didn't have that L.A. tan yet. <laughs> you had that yeah, Fargo yeah, white yeah, guy skin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, you know, we met then. And then, you know, fast forward a couple of years, uh, we go, I went to college at U of A in Arizona. She went to college in uh, in a, a school in Minnesota. We both happened to move back to the area around the same time, and uh, asked her on a date. And we um, 
Yeah, it just went really well. So you, so you picked. You were back home. Yeah. So I, after Arizona, you were. I'm, I'm assuming you were swimming there. Yeah. So I swam at U of A, and my, you know, I never wanted to stop swimming. Um, but then life kind of happens, and you're looking, you're facing a mountain of student loan debt, and uh, so like I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do with my life. Plan B was always to go into the Navy Special Forces because yeah. I had a lot of friends who did that, and they're like, "Yeah, you'd be perfect." And I, you know, I kind of am into that. That's vibe. a good plan when you've got a supreme body, yeah, athletic just, body, yeah, and the mind for it. Most people can't be like, "Oh, this didn't work out. I'll just be in the Special Forces." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's if comedy doesn't work out, I'm not getting into Special Forces. <laughs> that's how yeah. it's sad when I've already aged out of <laughs> all the military. They're like, "No, we don't. No, you're turning 32. No, we're, yeah. we're good. We're yeah. all set." Yeah. So, so you go back home and then you're you're trying to figure your shit out and yeah. uh that's interesting though. You ask her on a date when it's interesting to like date when you don't have your shit figured out. Trust yeah. me, yeah. I did a decade and I'm still doing that. <laughs> yeah. So you're so you ask her on a date, you don't have your shit figured out and then yeah. you guys decide to move to LA together shortly after? Yeah, so it's it is crazy. She always wanted to move out here to do like um essentially music video production and I didn't even know she wanted to move here. Um I wasn't really considering it at first, and then, you know, like, it's like negative 40 out one morning, I'm scraping the ice off my windshield, trying to go, you know, I was coaching at the time, I was like, you know, fuck this, I, I gotta go. Um, so, I, one of my best friends from South Africa, he was in Santa Monica, uh-huh. and he referred me to the Equinox people, and got on the phone, and uh, flew out, and did an interview, and they, they hired me, so, um, <coughs> thanks. Um, so they, yeah, then it was just kind of all unfolded. We we packed up and moved out here. Um, you drive? Yeah. Um, yeah, me and my dad drove, and my girlfriend drove separate. She kind of had a pit stop in Arizona. That must have been like an amazing ride. Oh. I drove from from the East Coast a few yeah. times. I you know, I would do it again if if so if cool. I had the chance. It's yeah. So cool. I mean, you go Minnesota across North Dakota, which isn't very eventful. And then Montana starts to get super beautiful. We you know we went into wyoming and idaho you know yellowstone area big sky we stayed i haven't done any of that yet i've only traveled through the southern parts but that's a such a goal to go up there yeah you got it montana has a comedy festival um called big sky and yeah it's it's supposed to be yeah exactly is that is that is that like an actual town town, or yeah it's a town and a ski resort it's one of my Uh, i gotta get on i gotta get on that that festival what month is it um i think it's in the fall i'm not sure but i know the guy who runs it i I need to make that happen i would actually love to drive there for that yeah that would be i wonder if they that's what they do. So, so how long? How many hours of of travel? Because I know from New York to LA, it's forty hours. Yeah, I think it was like twenty five. Okay, or something like so. That. How many took you three, four days? Yeah, we we took our time. We stayed one night in Bozeman. We stayed a night with uh, our friend in uh, Ogden, Utah. We went skiing. Or awesome. I went snowboarding and just got to. It was the best road trip ever with my dad. You know, he was re- recently retired. Is he special forces as well? <laughs> no. He's like, yeah, I'm special forces. I'll retire. I'm 60. Still <laughs> he, killing he's machine. a retired art teacher. Oh, no way. I, the way I describe him is he's very uh, Buddha-like. And I just heard stoner. Art teacher? <laughs> I never knew that growing up. I was like, my art teachers must have been high as shit yeah, when they were yeah. just like drawing trees, <laughs> hanging out with kids. Like, exactly. just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, um, I describe him as the most liberal person from our very conservative area yeah that's um, interesting going uh, from you know uh, i was from a new england area that was pretty conservative mm-hmm. in the midwest that you know up there i can't yeah. even imagine so yeah. what's what's it like coming essentially did you move straight to venice i moved well, I, I went smack dab hollywood oh, you, went straight to hollywood? you know me that's like kind of the last place you'll find me yeah like 
you know, so, just really so like quiet in nature. Did you guys have a space before you moved here or? Um, not really. My cousin's best friend from Minnesota, um, he lived in Hollywood and he was kind of, he's in the entertainment industry. He actually did some podcasting and he worked at a hotel in the area and it had a room open up and it, it worked out. You know, it's, it's a little bit cheaper in Hollywood depending on yeah. where you're at, but the the noise and the the crackheads and the, it's, the helicopters. Uh, it's funny. It's what you see. Me. What you see in movies is like Beverly Hills, palm trees. Like they frame it really well yeah. to look great. Yeah. And then what you get is like palm trees with graffiti on them, yeah. and there's homeless guys, yeah. literally, Urine. like yeah, yeah. Uh, scooping the shit out of their underwear. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it is a bitch. And how many? So how many years ago is that that you moved here? Um. So that was the the spring of 2014, and I. I worked okay. at Equinox as a trainer. I met some amazing people, but I, I hated my job. Which is like the, the high-end, real high-end yeah. gym athletic membership, club, yeah. athletic club. Yeah. yeah, That's where, I mean, you must have seen a, sh- a ton of celebrities. Yeah, we were just talking. I saw Dave Chappelle there, and I didn't know he got in shape. So I was like, that guy looks like a Jack, Jack <laughs> Dave Chappelle. But it was fucking him. Like, so. That's right, Rick James. Jack's Rick James, bitch. <laughs> yeah. I, um, my, I go to Crunch in West Hollywood, and mm. that's where you get like – not celebrities, but working like I see all Almost, the comedians yeah. I wish would I could open for there. Yeah, and I'm always like I'm always telling Tasha I'm like, there's Eliza Schlesinger. Go go make friends there. We'll figure yeah. the rest out later. Yeah, yeah. Just all we got to do is get like in. dinner party with mm-hmm. fucking these people, yeah. and we'll be okay. We'll okay. get like and then. So far, none. So, like, <laughs> Dane Cook's working out there, and, like, okay. whether you like him or not, it's, like, they, he's, yeah. like, the Mariah Carey of comedy. He sold yeah. the most albums. Yeah. He was, like, a mega a yeah. star, and he's, you know, and, you know, I'm, like, next to him, sizing him up, like, oh, jeez, this would be a great. a good person to know. I've interviewed some guys that opened for him, and it's, like, that, okay. that, that, that so that's my community right there. Yeah. So, but you're at Equinox, a much yeah. more kind yeah. of, like, uh, I would say, ritzy. ritzy membership place where people mm-hmm. go, not just to work out, but. You yeah, know, it's, it's you're paying. If you go there, you're paying to be a part of a network. You know, yeah, essentially, and it's it's a bit showy. The Santa Monica one was pretty chill, and I'm, I'm glad I was there. I've heard stories about the the Hollywood one and the West Hollywood one. And now, did your girl, did your girlfriend move in with you right away when yeah. you lived here? Yeah, and we were kind of pretty much living together in Fargo. That's why I say we pretty much lived together from the start. It's at, for necessity. I mean, it's like I have a friend, uh, a podcast listener, Hannah. What's up, Hannah? How are you? Hey, Hannah. Uh, Hannah, um, she, she's dated her boyfriend for th- over three years now. Mm-hmm. She refuses to move in with her boyfriend unless she's engaged. It's a very like specific wow. thing sh- versus my, my relationship with Tasha. I was like, look, I'm staying here five nights a week. I, my roommates are kind of dicks. Yeah. You live alone. <laughs> Like let's split your rent. Yeah, let's. Yeah, let's and it didn't save cost. me much money. It saved me a little bit, but like it was more convenient saves to be like, time. yeah, save yeah. me time. No, I don't have to be like, hey, I can't come home tonight. Yeah, it's like one less thing. Exactly. That, so that we yeah. have to worry about, but it's created other issues like sharing space and all yeah. that. Yeah. Did you? Did you guys have any issues that happened when you started living together out here, or did you kind of just that's where the relationship progressed from? Um, no, I, I think we lived together pretty well. And and what I was gonna say is like, you know, we're around 23 when we started dating and you know we fell in love my first love and uh, you know i was hers and so like that was pretty amazing um you know, it's just a new experience you know and everyone who's listening is like oh 23 <laughs> yeah you idiot yeah yeah exactly that's what happens yeah you get you get sucked in yeah before we have our shit together mm-hmm. guys get sucked in before shit's together and then it's up to it, it, as long as you're still pursuing your path it's up yeah. to the women to like ride it out yeah 
because because like a, a 20 it's just, this is so sexist to talk like this but like if she's 26 25 or 26 she can find a 35 year old guy who's got all of his stuff together he's yeah. already made his mistakes whatever yeah. but like if you're in the dog fight stage of your life say you're actually assuming you're really pursuing like a real high bar you it's just it's just hard to find someone who's gonna like ride it out with you because yeah. it is yeah it's not the best look yeah. as a guy when you're like either money's not coming in yet or whatever. And it, it feels like, no, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm projecting all this. No, it's you're dead on. I told this to Tosh yesterday. I was like, I was like, cause I got, I started a new side job. I'm not going to mention on here, but um, started a new side job and I got, I got a sale that was a, a big commission. And, um, and Tasha told her dad and they were all happy for me. And I'm like, geez, they know more about my shitty side job than they've ever known about my stand-up career. <laughs> I was like, no one, I was like, no one believes in me, but me. And yeah. I, I truly, tr- and I'm not, I'm not, I truly believe that. Yeah. And it's a, and it's a very um, lonely, but fucking badass place to be. Yeah. To be like, fuck all of you people. Yeah. But they, but they, it, I don't, I don't mean to say fuck, <laughs> fuck my girlfriend's parents. Hi there. Please rate and review. Uh, Tim. Hi, Tim. Uh, but, uh, Tim's a great guy, but they don't, they can't wrap their head around the create, the creative hustle because yeah. they don't, they're like, and same thing with my parents. They're like, so I'm like, I had a great set in New York. It was amazing. I, they're like, all right, did it pay? Yeah. Yeah, twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah I got yeah. drink coupons. I met yeah. these people, and they're like, "Oh, but I'm pursuing my dreams." And you're like, "Oh, you don't get it. Oh, yeah. you just don't get it." Yeah. So, so uh, I feel you. Yeah. But it's so it's okay. And, by the, and then the job fell through. The guy canceled mm-hmm. on it. So yeah. they were all proud of me. And then now they're yeah. not even going to know that the job got canceled yeah. unless <laughs> so, they're listening. Uh, <laughs> hi, Tim. How are you? Thanks so much. I hope he's not listening. I'm not a failure. Tasha and I talking about sixty nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by Tasha and I, I mean I talk about it. Yeah, I guess good. Uh, but yeah, so it's you know it's alone now. You're now so you're. You, you've done um let's talk failure because mm. i mean i, I failed five yeah. times a week so you yeah. you fa- you you came i mean i'm guessing within an arm's reach of qualifying for the olympics right i mean yeah what's mm. your what's your um what's your go what's your race i'm a sprinter so my my best races have been 50 meter freestyle 100 meter freestyle what's your personal record uh personal record in the 50 meter freestyle is 22.5 what gets you what gets you on the olympic team Gets you on the Olympic team is going to be like twenty one point seven gold medal is going to be twenty one five or twenty one four. So it really so, is just an arm slide. Yeah, yeah. And and I had an amazing year last year. Uh, we'll you know we'll talk about how I met my mentor and how my life kind of unfolded there. But I essentially dropped uh, one second in the fifty free in about nine months. So that's insane. That's yeah. That's, that's insane huge. compared. That's <clears throat> like a marathoner dropping. F- you yeah, know, like an hour for, yeah, yeah exactly. What that means. It really is. Yeah. Um, and so I moved up like a hundred places at Olympic trials. Wow. And I missed finals by people start talking about you. People like, Oh shit, this guy's now in this the, for real. Yeah. Now this guy's yeah. ranked here. Yeah. And I'm sure you all like, no, like probably like know where each other, yeah. where everyone's at. Yeah, everyone, you know. And I mean, in it all, I don't know the, the engineering or science of it, but don't, don't the, the better you're ranked, don't you get a better lane? Yep. So you get like a faster lane yep. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's just like, I mean, what a dog fight to get out of the mix. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it, you know, we're talking about hundreds of a second here when it comes down to it. So we're I, talking about, but genetically too, it's like a guy like Phelps, who's like probably built like a, just a swimming God who's yeah. just like lanky and yep. this and that. I mean, like you're, com- you know, to, to take what you have physically mm-hmm. and then maximize it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's gotta be a science in and of itself. Yeah. And it, that was like a, a, something I had to overcome. Cause like, Growing up, I was always really short, and I, you know, I kind of grew later on. But I, how you know, tall were you? Like um, in about, high school or? Um, man, yeah, when did you hit your growth spurt? 
it wasn't really a spurt. It was just like I think I grew like three or four inches during college, like oh, right. in about an inch a year, which is which was cool. But you know, beginning of high school and stuff, I was you know barely above five foot around there. Wow. For, and then you know, I'd say by junior year, I was maybe five seven. So you were eight. in high school competing, swimming. Yep. Probably, you know, were you were you like head of your pack or? Were yeah, you... I was a big fish in a small pond. Okay, so you were, so you had uh, you know like the like Malcolm Gladwell talks about like. Um, you know the uh, the little the little things you have growing up, like maybe maybe by being a big fish in a small pack, you built that confidence and technique and all those yeah. things that then that then you grow and you're actually able to compete with the big dogs. Yeah. You so you swam at University of Arizona. Yep. That's yep. D one, right? That's yep. a huge school. Yeah, they were they were number one in the country. That, that the men and women both won NCAA. Titles. By the way, I dated a girl um, in high school. I was like seeing this chick, and she went on to swim in college, the same place I went to. Cool. And it seems like she had sex with every guy but Not me. Good for her. I'm pretty you know? sure she had sex <laughs> with every. I couldn't believe, in hindsight, how I wasn't able to close the deal. Yeah, I was a virgin. I couldn't. Ah, okay. She she was the first one who ever got me drunk. Mm. She was like, "Drink this." She like yeah. hazed me. Yeah. Like she did everything Fuck she yeah. needed to do. There was one night when she's like, "Come out to my car. I want to." Sh-. We're at like a band concert in yeah. high school. She's like, "Come out to my car. I want to give you something." Yeah. And she gives me like a, a gift, and like the gift meant nothing. But the idea was that she got me alone uh, i did nothing with it uh, anyway shit all over yeah. shit all over the opportunity classic and then um she's on the swim team and i'm like oh the swimmers they must all there must be a very incestual thing with the swimming yeah. teams it's called swim cest swim cest <laughs> yeah. okay that's the name yeah. of the episode swim cest i love it <laughs> i didn't even know and i was uh, yeah. i already had yeah. pegged it and didn't even yeah. know so so that's because what how many guys and girls you're like fit 10 15 20 there's about 30 guys, 30 girls, plus all the like professional Olympic swimmers we had training. There so you're all, all you're all world. vetted as in like mm-hmm. you all sort of have passed this bar where you're on the quote unquote team. Yeah. So you're all kind of in that system. Mm-hmm. And then are, are there relationships being built or is it a lot of just like everyone's okay with the casual or is it super dramatic? There, it's a little mix of all of it. You know, there, there's casual, there's relationships, and then there's people that get between it and then, you know, date people's ex-girlfriends. I I actually stayed out of it, surprisingly. Dude, I, th- that needs to be a reality show oh, on, yeah. like, a Lifetime just Swim Cest yeah. season one. <laughs> You'll be the host, Luke yeah. Beckman, the host of Swim yeah. Cest. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Um, but yeah, yeah, so I, you, you were able to stay out of it? I stayed out of it. You I, just didn't want to shit where you eat, as they say? Yeah. I just, you know, there's so many girls at the University of Arizona. Unbelievable. And, and um... You know, I I I was so focused on swimming my whole life that I didn't I didn't hang out with many girls growing up. You know, I had a couple girlfriends, um, <clears throat> but I went. What I, what I, drives I you? What's what drives you as far as just competition level? If it's not like, is it is it because you were you know because some guys you know undersized like for me like high school I I couldn't even. I could barely start on my my team. Yeah. I just wasn't being taken seriously, and now yeah. I play like with guys that played pro. That's and cool. I mean, we're a, you know men's league, so yeah. it's like we're all washed up anyway. <laughs> yeah. But it's like that's my driving thing. Is like I never had that respect. I was never the guy who people would like check out. Mm-hmm. Well, like what drives you to like really try to be the best? Well, <clears throat> we want to go real deep here. Um, I had a vision when I was five of me going to the Olympics. Essentially, oh, so shit. I, yeah. I've always known. It's like, you know. I Did think you know which Olympics? <clears throat> no. You're like, I was hoping the last one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That You know, I think most of my life I, I thought it would be 2012 because it kind of, you know, there's, we operate in quads. You know, the Olympics are every four years. So right. <clears throat> I qualified for my first Olympic trials in high school, which was like a miracle on its own. That was amazing. I 
I had dropped a ton of time in my state meet. I became that was on the fifty or the hundred or uh, both. I, I dropped a lot of time, and then I got my first state title in the fifty. I was runner up in the hundred, and then we got a title in. And the does state relay. title qualify you for the Olympic trials? Or? No, because you have to qualify long course meters. So high school swimming is done short course yards. So it's that twenty-five uh, okay. yard pool. Olympic swimming is done in a fifty long course meter pool. So you're in high school and you qualify for the Olympic trials. Yeah, and that so that was your first kind of like dip in those yeah. waters. It's yeah. so important. I feel oh, like to yeah. to see how how it's done professionally, mm-hmm. so you can at least get a taste. Yeah, even if it's like. I mean, uh, and it's not a failure by yeah. any means. It's, no. but it's uh, you know you're you're getting oh, to mingle yeah. with the people that are succeeding because yeah. we're all we're all humans. We're all we're yeah. all built from the same shit. Yeah. Yeah, we're all a little different, but it, I think it really comes down to like if you can surround yourself with the people you want to become like, yeah. then they'll they'll mentor you or yeah. give you any sort of edge that you yeah. need. Yeah, you just can't figure it's not you can't figure that out on your own yeah. all the time. And just standing shoulder to shoulder with them, realizing they're humans and they, you know, they. Yeah, so that's a good point. So realizing, so just knowing that you have a shot. Yeah, that's like any fight. If you think you have a shot in the fight, you do. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't believe in it, you're, you're done. done. Yeah. You're just done. Yeah. So so you go so you qualify. You thought maybe the 2012. <clears throat> so yeah, that was 2008, and that was just you know. I, a whirlwind of a experience, you know, qualifying and then going. Um, and, you know, just, you know, I, I didn't swim like amazing or anything. I, there's hundreds of people in the 50 free. I don't remember what place I came out, maybe middle or end of the pack. Um, but just being there, I got to watch Phelps break world records and American records, and they would set flamethrowers off on the side of the pool when Crazy. he did that. And it was the first Olympic trials I think they've ever had in Omaha. They put a pool in a basketball arena, <laughs> and it was, it was just a big production, and they did a really good job. Uh, you know, I got to watch Gary Hall Jr. Um, you know, swim. I think it was his last Olympic trials, and he was kind of an idol of mine. I met him and took a picture together, stuff like that. So it was just super inspiring. So then, so then, so then you have to kind of restart your training yeah and and do you have to reconfigure like what your weaknesses are and what you need to work on or yeah and i you know i said i was a big fish in a small pond so you know i'm from northern minnesota the swimming isn't huge there and i i had no problem pretty much winning everything i did in that area so then going to the university of arizona where there's you know american record holders gold medalists you know olympic record holders everything there and pretty much the fastest people in the world. Why are there. they there? Just the weather's so perfect, a lot of outdoor pools? or Yeah, I mean, and the U of A has a history of just success in swimming. They kind of built a dynasty over... And that's in 20, Tempe? Uh, Tucson. Tucson, okay. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, and so that was... It was an amazing experience, but it was also, like, a big shock to just, like, I went from being the shit <laughs> to no one. Yeah, it's humbling. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but it kind of crushed me, too, and... and Somewhere along that line, I, I started having some coaches and teammates and even myself pretty much tell myself that I'm not tall enough and talented enough. That was kind of the common thing. Like a lot of the guys I compete against are six, you know, six four to six nine essentially. And like, you're what five eleven uh, six foot? Yeah, I'm six foot six, foot. six one maybe. Yeah. You know? So, uh, you know, I was always told that I wasn't quite tall enough to to make it as a sprinter and. You know, I didn't have that, like, pure talent. Um, so, I mean, college swimming was a struggle, actually, like like a big emotional struggle. Um, had a lot of fun. We trained really, really hard. 
Yeah, that's and, uh, insane. You guys, uh, fr- from every swimmer I know, the amount of food you people eat. <laughs> yeah. We just, you just ate, you just put down five eggs like yeah. it was a snack. <laughs> yeah. I'm you just so threw out a huge, yeah. you just, it's just, you're a machine at that point. You're, yeah. you're just, yeah. so, so you're learning, is college the first time you're learning nutrition and like, uh, like how do you, um, you know, how were you with like goal setting and stuff going into that? Yeah, I've, I've been pretty good. Um, so I was fortunate. My mom is kind of a hippie and she raised me to just at least think about what I'm putting in my body. And, uh, so then I started kind of down that path and just being in performance athletics and started studying supplements. I think I started studying that, um, towards the end of high school. And, uh, I've always been a better like self educator than learning from sure. most for the most part, learning from teachers. It's probably good Um, because teachers, I mean, you know, our generation is learning a lot of things. A lot of, there were so many misguided truths about so many types of food and I'm finally starting, starting to control my sugar Mm -hmm. intake. Mm -hmm. And it's been, it's been something that has been a prison over my creative mind, just a prison, just shackles, stopping me from being like a really just exploring, you know, all like, just i feel i feel like uh i started drinking chimera coffee and like taking nootropics and not too awesome. much but like yeah. i'm talking like going from fast food to putting the most garbage shit you can in your body i still have a day or two a week where i'm just like you know powerless over yeah. my yeah. but i'm talking going from like five or six days a week you know having shit after a set late at night to really being yeah. like all right i need to like really yeah. n- nourish yeah. so i mean when when you're met with all these sort of um restrictions where you're not the strongest tallest Mm -hmm. just you're not physically built as as good as other people it's like you can't cut corners on the other Uh, stuff and that yeah that really drove me to just find out everything i could do from a nutrition level recovery sleep um you know just regeneration and you know the psychology of it how the mind works and that you know that that's pretty much the catalyst that do you do any sort of meditation or like mm-hmm. any like sort of power of attraction oh yeah like what 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 works for you because there's a lot of people that listen that obviously aren't swimmers mm-hmm. but we mm-hmm. I, I i relate everything back to either comedy or baseball or whatever yeah. i know yeah. heartbreaks yeah. but it's it really comes down to uh whatever if you don't have a goal in life what, whatever it is chances are most people do yeah. and they're suppressing that because yeah. society puts limitations on us mm-hmm. are you gonna be a poor artist or are you gonna be an or how's that gonna play are you gonna be a baseball player really is that yeah. your thing and it's yeah. like well just let people be like yeah. running at full speed yeah. and learn it. their life's mission and they'll be better for it afterwards yeah. you, you don't have resentment when you left it all on the table exactly so at, like at what like what do you do to kind of to kind of fuel that um that side that like um uh, like mo- like do you have mantras or yep yeah so I, I think a big you know part of my day is like rituals you know and that's what my mentor her name is wilma wong um she's helped me um establish a lot of those rituals um you know i i've always been reading a lot of books and personal development and probably a lot of the stuff you're in, into you know you you mentioned malcolm gladwell and we were talking about joe rogan a lot of those people um you know have authors on their podcasts and so whenever i find someone like that i read it um, so I, my ritual, um, has evolved and it's still evolving, but, um, have you heard of the book, um, the miracle morning? I have, I haven't yeah. read it. Yeah. So that's by Hal Elrod. Um, and the, the basis of that book is an acronym savers. So it stands for silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading and scribing. So, wow. Um, so essentially meditation, um, affirmations, visualization, you know, some form of movement and then reading and then journaling. What are you visualizing? 
So for me, um, I have a couple different ones. So I have my swimming visualizations. So I'll be visualizing my most important meet uh, coming up, which right now is the Mesa Grand Prix. That's in two weeks. In Mesa, Arizona? Mesa, Arizona. Um, And then I have World Championship Trials at the end of June in Indianapolis. And um, and then obviously Olympic Trials again in about three and a half years. So what are you – you're visualizing slapping the – the the finish line what do you call it what do you call it when they touching the wall touching the wall yeah. and just and just um, looking up at the time or yeah what? i'm visualizing even like arriving at the meet and just kind of getting into the atmosphere you know like the more senses you can add the better right so i'm trying to smell the chlorine and feel the water and feel the energy of the crowd all that stuff and then get, take it all in you know that's something um, that people still laugh about yeah. Not so much as, but I remember my mom was always talking about visualizing and things, and I'd be like, "What are you talking about? That's yeah. it's, that's fairy tale stuff." Yeah. But it really is. I mean, seeing your victory, seeing yeah. your coolness and your confidence, and really, I mean, these are like particles that that come and go from us that we have to believe in. And the the thing is, is that it's a it's a it's a practice. It's a day to day thing because. There's just that ego or whatever it is inside of us that wants us to have self-doubt. Yeah. You have to continuously silence that. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. Every cup of coffee I have, I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah. I'm doing it. And yeah. then an hour later, I'm like, I don't know about today. <laughs> like you have yeah. to – like, how do you maintain yeah. that that um, tri- that personal triumph? Um, yeah, that's a great question. I would say the days that I really get my ritual done – I'm, I'm always going to be good. And then, you know, there's some days where life happens and you don't get it done or, you know, you're just too tired or whatever. And it, the day always kind of gets away. That's why the book is called the miracle morning. If you can set up your first 60 minutes or even five minutes of your day, his thing is like, you know, the ac- acronym is saver. So it's like six things, right? So even if you only have one minute to I didn't, do each. in savers what part of that do you scroll your facebook news feed to see what your friends yeah. are doing is I that on it that's that's <laughs> when you're taking a shit before you okay, do it okay. or after. so you just get that out of the way yeah, yeah. you see everyone's highlight reel yeah. so you feel like a piece of yeah. shit yeah you check how many likes you got like, oh, you got Instagram three kids overnight. and you're successful yeah. great are oh, you performing at that club nice yeah exactly. I mean, you must be friends with a bunch of swimmers too yeah. that have that have succeeded like yeah. do you look at the, how do you how do you keep from resenting other success oh i just love i mean they're they're all my friends you yeah know? so it's like once you're hanging out with them a lot, you know. I sound just, so bitter even asking that question. <laughs> How do you not resent everybody yeah. you know? You're yeah. like, yeah, they're my friends. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I have friends too. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm telling you, there's only one person on the stage. Yeah. There's only so many no, people I, that can get in the lane. Yeah, and a, a lot of my friends here are, you know, Olympic swimmers from around the world. And we do the same events, you know. But it's You're just, competing against a time, not each other. Yeah. So I mean, we only, are competing against each other, but... We all we all want each other to succeed. Yeah. And obviously, we know that one person's going to win, but um, the important thing, like, is essentially that we're all there together. What, what was cool? And <clears throat> what's your Snapchat, by the way, for people listening? It's same thing, just Luke Beckman. Luke Beckman. So yeah. I was following your Olympic trials on Snapchat. Mm-hmm. You, everyone, uh, check out his Snapchat because you actually mine's. I I I, I suck so much yeah. at it. But your Snapchat, you're you're doing all the time, and I was able to fo- to follow that, which is amazing. Yeah. Thanks, man. And but how do you feel? How do you feel? 2016, when you didn't qualify, I actually felt amazing. Like the the swim that I had. You know, it was a miracle. Like, I manifested that swim. Would I like to have gone one-tenth faster and make finals at least? And then, you know, you make finals. So you miss the finals by one-tenth. Yeah. Yeah, so what happens if you made that? 
So finals are top 16. So in at Olympic trials and any really big competitions, it's going to go prelims, which is everybody that's qualified. But swims. what about the guys like Phelps and Lochte? Are they even in these trials? Yeah. So they have to go through that process too. Yeah, everybody does. And they could have a bad swim. Like yeah. they have to. They have to. Yeah, everyone has to have it together. So yeah, so so you you get the you so make it. You, say you, you make, make finals. top sixteen, um, you'll be in semifinals, and then top eight will be in the A final. So once you're in the A final, in the say the fifty free, the hundred free is different because it's a relay event. So the top six actually go. So you you make the A final, the hundred free. You got to beat a couple people, and you're going to Olympics, which is really wow. cool. So. Um, and does do you, do you swim faster with the the faster people? Do the lanes go faster, or is that just well, a, I, I don't mean, know I don't know I don't have the, I uh, think the you terminology. go faster because of the energy. Yeah. if you're able to Jeez, you know, oh, become man. part of it. Harness That's it. what's crazy about that. There's just it's just full bore. <clears throat> yeah. Can, do you yeah. know off the blocks if you're going to have a good race? I mean, I think one of the keys to my <coughs> excuse me my best swims has just been surrender. Like I totally let go from any outcome. I. Uh, it's kind of funny. So you have this ready room. You're getting, you're sitting there with everybody, getting ready to go swim. Get your headphones on. Yeah, and, and there's Looking people cool. jumping up and down, slapping themselves, and and you know whatever. And and I used to do that in college. We had fun doing that. And you're, but you're aggressive. you're listening to the Sex Actually podcast. Yeah, you're zoning yeah. out. I'm sorry. Yeah. And so I'm I'm just in there chilling. I do this. I do the Wim Hof method breathing. I don't know if you've heard of Wim Hof. I don't think so. So he's he's a this is like crazy like scandinavian dude um who has like 27 world records and different random feats like the longest world record longest ice bath um this is like over two hours um, so he's he has a way to mentally prepare for that with a breathing technique yeah yeah, yeah what is it well it's just called the wim hof method i took his online course and you can look him up on youtube and kind of discover what he's okay. about um he's been on the joe rogan podcast oh, okay i'll have to so check it out really cool guy um so i you know i've always found that breathing is kind of the key to meditation it is the absolute i i met some lady randomly at a a super big audition didn't Mm -hmm. book and but she was like oh my gosh this is meant to be you need to ground yourself Mm -hmm. you need to take three second breaths in Mm -hmm. three out and really like fuel your body with as much oxygen and not and and we do the opposite when we get amped we kind of for me like i'll have a coffee i'll be short of breath Mm -hmm. if i want to like early on in my stand-up career i'd have a red bull bad idea because i get so jacked on stage anyway so i don't need that i need to like take super deep breaths and really walk on stage and have that extra store of like like, energy and power ready to go so it's like it's weird how sometimes our bodies like counter intuitive to what we actually should be doing exactly, exactly. so you're so everyone's hopping up and down so you're just sitting I'm, there I'm breathing sitting there, like a psycho i'm sitting there palms up like eyes closed or you know just gaze is just kind of loose and i'm um, you know sniffing some peppermint essential oil and uh just kind of have this like not a smile but just a smirk like i you know i'm i'm listening to some of the audio that i listen to when i do my visualizations to kind of cue me into that state um but yeah i'm just doing cycles of this breathing method and you know, by the time I walked up to the blocks, like, you know, my parents were freaking out because everyone was, like, already, like, undressed and I still had all my clothes on. And I was just, like, slowly, like, taking my clothes off. And, like, <laughs> they're, like my mom's People always throwing dollar out. bills at you. <laughs> Jeez, you turned on half of our listeners. Right now. <laughs> um, and I just, you know, you start to get a little tingly. And, you know, your arms and legs will get tingly. And I just felt so light. And, you know, all my best races is, like, I don't really remember them. It's it's just kind of this like. How could you? It's twenty one seconds. Yeah, it's, it's one side a, of the pool to the other, yeah, or is it down yeah. and back? 
uh, 50 free is one. So one you're just going from one race. length yeah. down to yeah. a drag race. Yeah. And, um, and you had already advanced and did you, did you already exceed expectations at that point? Yeah. I mean, so you were in the semifinals. You made it no, to that. I missed the semifinals. Oh, you missed. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Okay. So you were, so yeah. you were and where was it? Indianapolis? Is that what uh, you said? Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, you're in Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. They got yeah. your big name on the thing. They're yeah, doing all that. Cool you have family there. there. Yeah. I had, I had family there, <clears throat> friends there from Fargo, North Dakota, some of my, some of my sponsors and just support group. Uh, my mentor was there with her daughter. Uh, my best friend, Mark from Fargo, he was there. Um, it was just so special. You know, my girlfriend and her mom were there. Now, um, so tell me about your mentor. Yeah. Well, so, Cause that's the term that a lot of, um, corporate and uh, professional people. That's a very like Tim Ferriss term mm-hmm. that, um, I've, <clears throat> I, I've always, I had a guy who wanted to mentor me and I'd never wanted him to be my mentor. And uh, I, so I, I, the term mentor gives me like a little PTSD cause way, I'm yeah. like, yeah. no, yeah. but like, yeah. How does, how does one even know that that's what that's becoming? Yeah. Well, you know, I've read all the Tim Ferriss stuff and a lot of those people always mention a mentor and, and I guess it's, it's, you know, that old saying of like, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Right. So, Ooh. um, so I was coaching in the Palisades at the time and, um, Oh, I forgot to tell you. So after five months of working at Equinox and, and just hating all of it, I my car got stolen with, like, all of my outdoor gear and my friend's surfboards. And like, pretty much my whole life. My got wallet. broken into? No, the whole oh, the car, car got, got stolen. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Um, during the day. How, near how the long were you li- living Santa in L.A. before that happened? That was five months in. All right. So and that's, that a, that's, after a, that's a the welcome of, fuck you. Yeah. You get a welcome fuck you yeah, when you move to the West Coast. Yeah, L.A. will do that. Are you trying and, to pursue your dreams? Let yeah, me uh, yeah. let me help strip you of any yeah, hope. Exactly. And um, What kind of car did you have? Is a Subaru Outback. Love. I lo- I had a Subaru Outback. Yeah. It is such an underrated. My friends call it the lesbian limo. Yeah. It's such an underrated car. That car is such a great car. It's great. Midnight blue, black leather interior five speed yep. fuck yeah, yeah. We, uh, my Dude, whole ever, family has subarus it's like, and it's in an all-wheel drive so great yeah. this, this episode brought to you by super outpack <laughs> um i love my car uh so do you ever find it well so i i just said fuck this i left i just left la and i turned up a couple weeks later and none of the things were stolen out of even like cash and stuff like someone just drove it around for a couple weeks and then just parked it no, like all the shit. surfboards, my I had my my snowboard, fishing gear, like literally camping gear, thousands of dollars of equipment still there. They just wanted a there. test ride. They loved it yeah, so much. Yeah. They're like, I need to buy my own. Yeah, <laughs> they exactly. returned it. Yeah. Um. So the insurance had already been taken care of. <clears throat> my friends went and gathered my things, which is nice. Um. Got most of it back. Where did it show up? I don't know. We just got a call that it showed up on the side of a road. Wow. Um, but the crazy thing is I, I, I left and I went home and I can always kind of go home and teach some clinics and, you know, just do the swimming thing, make some money and go fishing, which is important to me. And, uh, my grandpa, who was a really healthy guy, he's like 78. Uh, he does commercial real estate. He swims every day. He bikes, he walks and just really healthy, active guy. All of a sudden got sick. The whole family was together and then he got brain cancer and died. So, like, had I my car not been stolen, I wouldn't have gone home and been with him yeah. and the family. So, you know how you don't know until like hindsight, yeah, yeah. So that was that was really special. Um, and then I went to Naples, Florida. Actually, I had a friend training there, um, and I just wanted to get back in the water. I didn't swim the whole time I was living in L.A. because I was at fucking Equinox like ten to fourteen hours a day. And I I didn't have time to swim, and I was too tired, and I was barely making enough money to survive. And uh, 
So I went to Naples, trained there for about two months, just kind of got back in the water, which is important. And your girlfriend stayed in... Yeah, she was still out here. So you did long distance for a few months? Yeah. And, you know, she... She's understanding of yeah, that? Yeah, she's understanding. She knows that swimming is my thing and... Um, <clears throat> Good for her. Yeah. Yeah, which is... That's... that's yeah. Even though people know that, that still... Exactly. People can get very... Yeah. Sort of jealous when yeah. they're not the, 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 the main goal. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important yeah. for them not to be. Mm-hmm. It's important for you to have your own goal exactly. and have someone who supports you. Exactly. So I moved. Yeah, I was there, and then I moved home, and uh, then I got the job coaching in the Palisades. So now we're in, I think, 2015. At any point, did you quit like your pursuit, or do you? Or, yeah, or did you just know you had time before the next trials? Well, it's like, you know, like after college, I, you know, I never wanted to stop swimming. And like I said, life happens and you got to start paying loans and I moved home and there's no, there's nowhere to train there. I mean, there's pools, but I'm, you, I'd be training with middle school. Do you get kids. like depressed at that? Cause you don't have your joy. Yeah, it was hard. It was definitely hard. I, thankfully my old head coach offered me assistant coaching job. So I'm still around the pool and I'm inspiring these kids. Um, that's very, very rewarding. So um, what year do you get the Palisades job? I think that was like the beginning of 2015. So you have all the resources to train and also coach yes. and you start making some money doing yeah. that. And yeah. So it all starts to come back yeah. together. Uh, so I, I didn't have a car though. So I was biking everywhere in LA, which, you know, is kind of counterintuitive for swimming. I mean, yeah, I need some cross training, but not that much. Yeah. Right. And it's dangerous biking here. Let's Fuck yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm biking everywhere and I was training with USC. That's what, that's why I moved here was I wanted to train with USC um, How does that work? Do they let you train with them if you're if you're like a high end swimmer? Or? Yeah. So I mean, there's the USC men's team, there's the USC women's team, and then there's kind of this like professional team as well. Is of, it like they're sponsoring you? Um, like are, no, are not you, really. It's just a place to train. Just a place with to train. A, a bunch of Olympians essentially from all over the world. Nice. And that's that's what I love. I love people from around the world. We had. Yeah, these you pools know. you're getting into. I mean, you know, yeah. that's the. This is like these are gigantic schools. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, so just the the friends I made there and the networking was amazing. Uh, Coach uh, Dave Salo, he's known for being more um, sprint oriented and kind of new age in terms of philosophy of training. So that's what I was really into. I trained there for about a year, and um, there's so many people there that I didn't really get much feedback from him or the other coaches. And I also just, you know, I was still struggling pretty pretty hard at that time, just trying to get back in the water after, like, two years out and jumping in with a bunch of Olympians. That's, right. That was hard. Um, but it was good. I um, So I'm training there, and I show up to the pool deck one day, and there's this, this Asian woman that I see her. She's been hanging out during practice, just kind of, you know, she's been, like, stretching and doing stuff on her phone or whatever. And uh, I was teaching her daughter... I would do the strength and dry land um, for the national group, and then I would go coach the younger kids in the pool. And um, so she was just like, one day she was like, "Hey, I think I can help you." And I was like, "Yeah, you're right." So she did find. So she found you. Yeah, and and I was like, "All right, <laughs> like let's do it." And so we met up for a coffee, and and that, did she that specify what she can help you with? No, she just knew that you were not at your full potential. Yeah. Yeah, she's a very uh, intuitive. I mean, she's an intuitive healer is mm-hmm. kind of her title. Um, very into, you know, the mind, body, spirit, 
a lot of this biohacking stuff that I'm into, sports performance. Did you, know? you buy into it right away, or did she have to like? Yeah, I just tell you. I had a really good vibe from her, and and when I start, when I would like <clears throat> start explaining something that I do, you know, from like a biology standpoint or something like that, she knew, you know, like we were finishing each other's sentences. Yeah, and um, just amazing, you know, very very kind, giving. Is she a swimmer? She was a gymnast, and her okay. kids are swimmers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so she understands the body. She's big into yoga. She she got me into Iyengar yoga, which I highly recommend people do. Um, Iyengar. I'm wondering yeah. if I've tried that. Um, I know. Um, I'm trying to think. What now? What's what's the difference? Is that that's more of a deep stretch yoga? Is that? Yeah, kind of. So the way I explain it is, well, first of all, the teachers have to like go to school and practice that type of yoga for like four years. So in order to even teach, so it's very they're very detail oriented. Mm-hmm. It's very alignment based. Um, you do hold the postures longer and like while you're doing them, they'll be teaching you about like the glands that it's affecting and how it's like, Great. you know, putting pressure on certain parts of your body, how the joints are working, you know, biomechanically. And it's just insane that modern medicine, uh, tries to fix you with pills Yeah, and some of them are, you know, work yeah. and a lot of them do, but they, but what they don't do is fix you from within exactly. the way that yoga exactly. has a potential. Exactly. You can literally, in you know. To, to explain to someone who's a little, maybe maybe cynical a little bit about how the chakras line up, and I don't know anything, you, I don't know much about it, but you you know you secrete sort of uh, different hormones at different yeah. chakras that yeah. you know you're, they give you the gut feeling or the yeah. I, now what is this? I always I um have, get uh, like a choking feeling in my neck. What the fuck yeah. chakra is that? If well, if I'm like super stressed or if like bad news has come to me. Well, yeah, I mean that throat chakra. Yeah. Is that just called the throat chakra? Yeah, I mean, and that's I don't so know the actual title. Yeah, but, but there's just different people have different blocks, blockages mm-hmm, in mm-hmm, different parts of their mm-hmm. body. Yeah, we were just doing something yesterday where she was having me check in with my chakras and then just kind of give her a reading of like what percentage I thought it was at, and then um, we would like spin it and like visualizing it, it kind of like regenerating and bringing it back up to 100. percent so I mean, so you need an app good. on your phone to be like, "Oh shit, my root yeah, chakra is yeah. at forty percent. I'm a little, I'm a little low, low, low on the root low. chakra." Yeah. That's so that's so like earthy and <laughs> yeah. um, in, in uh, above Ooh, what I yeah. my knowledge. But oh, it's cool. it's a, it, yeah. this is this is thousand year old stuff yeah. about how the human body works. And instead, we're like, "Oh, just pop an ibuprofen." Yeah, exactly. And it's like, "Oh, or okay, yeah, or take a Xan." Yeah. And that's the saddest thing is to like just people that just mask their emotions. And it's yeah. like, yeah, they might not get depressed, but now they don't yeah. get happy. Yeah, and it's like. So how do you recommend people that are listening apply either yoga or or personal well-being into their life to make them feel the best? Because if, if, if for no other reason you just want to feel the best, most confident, sexiest, because that's what's going to attract, yeah. you know, it's a relationship-based podcast. I mean, you're, you're going to attract what you are. Yeah. And if you're on top of your game lifestyle-wise, you're going to attract kind of like a rock star. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I just suggest like... I think YouTube is an amazing resource. You know, I'm a big fan of YouTube Red because I I don't like advertisements. I believe they make you stupider. Um, but the amount of of just quality content on YouTube is insane. I and mean, there's a lot of stupid stuff too. So you got to know where to look. But um, I'm always you know sending links to my friends. Um, you know, it could be meditations or it could be guided affirmations or it could be um, a guided like a yin yoga session or Iyengar even. So just really utilizing it. It's free. It's some of the most amazing stuff out there if you find the right teachers. And, and, you know. and there's nothing there's nothing wrong, too, with I mean, there's a, a ton wrong with an uneducated yoga teacher. But like if if you have a local place you can go, yeah. just try it. Try, try. anything out. Yeah. 
Um, Tasha would always talk about how boring she thought yoga was. And I was like, well, come do this one I do with this this girl, Amy, right? Amy is at Crunch in West Hollywood. I was like, come do this one. Because yeah. it's like so intense, you can't be bored. Uh, and Tasha has like, she has, um, she's uh, done dance and she's very yeah. flexible. So like, she, what, what, like a downward dog is enough for me to like really start sweating bullets. Yeah. But to her, she could stand, sit in that position all right, day right, long. Right. So she really needed something challenging. Okay. And when she got it, she was like, whoa. Yeah. You mean you feel high yeah. in such a positive yeah. way afterwards. Yeah. yeah. It's impossible not to like, have that roll into the rest of your mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's kind of what I've discovered. Like my niche is like I have all these friends, you know, from back home. You know, we're talking about conservative area, but also all over the country, all over the world that wouldn't necessarily be open to say yoga or meditation had I not, you know, started posting about it. They see what I'm doing. They see how much fun I'm having, how, you know, like vibrant I am. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, well, well, yeah, there's resistance to out. that because yeah. they got You got to get off your ass. Yeah. You can't just po- download a podcast and be doing yoga. I mean, it's yeah. a, it's, we talk about ex- experiential things we have and I don't talk about yoga too often. I need to get back into it more. Yeah. Let's I go, mean, man. it's, yeah, there's a reason I talk about resistance. I know, I know it's a great workout, but, um, it is just, it's the hardest part is showing up because yeah. I'll do it when I, when I'm in, whenever I'm in the room with people, I, I get super competitive and I'm mm-hmm. going to like, I'm going to hold this pose until I pass out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm sure that's not the best like methodology yeah. when you're doing yoga yeah. is to be competitive about it. No. But for me, it's like, I am going to do this move Good and man. then I end up in a puddle of my own sweat yeah. slipping around. Well, I, I would like to take you to some Iyengar and Yin. So those are my two favorites. Yin. Have you heard about Yin yoga? Not really. So it's, you know, there's. Everything in life is yin or yang, right? Or yang. Um, so yang is that <coughs> class you were just talking about. Lots of energy. Okay, yeah. Lots of, you know, pushing, movement, focus. Um, so y- y- yang is like a power yoga. Yes. So, you know, m- I, was, I always tell people 90% of yoga studios you see are usually a vinyasa flow studio. Right. And that's, you know, that's essentially what a lot of our society needs. We're very sedentary. And um, so people need to, to get up and start moving around and start breathing. And, and I get that. But also, I think what our society needs a lot is to learn the art of relaxation. And that's kind of what how I refer to yin yoga is like you're going to melt into a pose. You completely let go. You're going to hold it for, you know, five, six minutes. Um, and you're not there's no active stretching. You're not like actively reaching for your toes. You're just going to fold over towards your toes and then let your body decompress towards it. That's amazing. Um, there's a teacher. Her name is Ella. She teaches at Yoga Works in Las Feliz, a, cl- a class at Friday, Friday at 4 um, or 4.30. Oh, right on Sunset? Is she, yeah. Uh, uh, well, Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, okay. And I Western, I've been there I before. I, um, I went to a new yoga studio around there. She'll be, like, reading to you about philosophy and life, and, and you're just melting into these poses. Sometimes they'll have essential oils. You know, it's just, like, it's yeah. an amazing experience of, like, being in a room full of people chilling and that what, hard. I mean, what... We don't need anything more than to get away from the the, the attachment we have to electronics. Exactly. This surge of energy that's sucked out of us yeah. from having to deal with all these things that in no other time in history affected us. Yeah. In no other time in history were we not present in exactly. de- dealing with whatever we were dealing with. Yeah. And now we're connected in a way that we have to um, take what's good from that and just get rid of the rest. Yeah. I am as guilty as anybody when it oh, comes to same. that. Yeah. As just not comparing myself, not saying, "Well, this guy's doing this and this guy's doing that," and mm-hmm. I'm here. What the fuck am I doing? It's yeah. like, well, I'm I'm here. Yeah, and yeah. that's the, that's the hard thing to to learn is to accept 
kind of like where we are in our life mm-hmm. while we still strive for like the best. Yeah. That's the hard part, I think, yeah. is to not look too far down the pipeline. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, being, you know, trusting the process and enjoying the process. And that's, so, so this mentor has helped you uh, really yeah, like, immensely. How, what would you, what would you say you've, you've learned the most from this relationship? Um, man, I would say just like really like learning to unconditionally love myself and kind of accept where I am and that everything I'm doing, I'm on my way. You know, we did a, a hypnosis yesterday. We'll keep talking about woo-woo stuff. So we did a hypnosis and kind of a regression. And that's where when you ask me, what do you think, like, drives me to, to be as successful as I am and, and go where I want to go? You know, I had that vision when I was, like, five. Um, but doing this regression yesterday, I already kind of knew this, but I discovered it on a whole new level. I essentially, um, my biological father... Uh, he was kind of a alcoholic and abusive type person. Um, he he disappeared, or my mom took us to a shelter, and then he disappeared when I was about three. So I'm I I remember some stuff, and it was quite turbulent. Um, my sister's seven years older than I am, and uh, I essentially I know that I s- associate swimming fast with maybe my dad's going to come back. Sure. So that's, you know, that's the really deep level of like, uh, that, that, I thought if I swam and, fast enough and became successful enough, maybe dad will come back. And when did you realize that, that feeling that that's what it was? I'd say I've, I've been realizing that uh, over the last year or so, especially I, I read a lot of, um, Dr. John Martini. I, anyone that wants to have their life like just radically changed for the better. I recommend reading all of his books. Um, Anyone in particular to start with? So my, my top three from him are the gratitude effect, the values factor, the breakthrough experience. Well, I'll give you four, those three, and then how to make a hell of a profit and still get into heaven. That'll, I mean, once I read that book and started implementing it, I started making more money, you know? Interesting. Um, but he's very, the gratitude effect. Is that what the first one? Gratitude effect, the values factor, the breakthrough experience, and then how to make a hell of a profit. Did you, um, did you ever hear from your father again? I have not. Um, would you, would you like to like meet him? Yeah. After that thing yesterday, you know, and I've always kind of thought this, like, well, I discovered that he, him leaving was a gift. Like he'd, knowingly or not, he left out of love because he gave me an opportunity. He gave our family an opportunity. The guy that I call dad now, the art teacher, um, you know, he was actually always kind of watching over our family. Stepdads are amazing. Oh yeah. In, in every, and he legally adopted me so I can, amazing. He's dad now. How how old were you when you met him? Um, well, I, he knew, he, he knew me when I was a baby. He knew, he was friends with my biological father. He knew what was going on with our family and with him. Um, he was always kind of watching over after they split up and stuff, all the, cause both my parents are teachers in the small town. So all the teachers are trying to put them together. Interesting. So Tracy date, date Rick, date Rick. And she's like, no, all men are pigs, you know? And she <laughs> had the right to think that cause that art teacher pig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, she was just still in the state of, you know, shock from what happened. Absolutely. And eventually they started dating. Um, they got married in 1996, so I was um, six years old. He um, legally adopted me and my sister. That was the year my mom married my stepdad. Wow. 1996. That's cool. My mom left my dad when she was pregnant with me. Okay. I met him when I was 20. Oh, really? He passed away f- three or four years ago. Huh. 
and uh, he was just a Vietnam vet with PTSD, mm. and he uh, just he had like five wives, not at the same time, but mm. he he was on his fifth or sixth, sixth wife. Yeah, and uh, I got a bunch of siblings I didn't know I had, and yeah. I found that all out when yeah. the age of Google and Facebook came out. Really, yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, back up here. yeah, but I certainly it's a it's a you know to say like what Tony Robbins says, you don't get the dad you want, you get the one you need. Yeah, and sometimes that means by by not having them. Yeah, and you, and it totally. kind of creates a, for whatever reason. It's always like the happy families sometimes produce a fuck up. Oh, yeah. Like, not that your family wasn't happy. Uh, clearly, yeah. like, you have a stepdad who's mm-hmm. amazing, and my stepdad's incredible. Yeah. But it was like, I I was so far along, you know, at 11 years old, so far along yeah. that that in, 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 in feeling like a lone wolf. Yeah. That even though I've, this whole family was built, my younger brothers were born. Yeah. They're, you know, 14 and 20, uh, 13, 20, so... You know, I do have a whole crazy support structure, but at the same time, I don't think I'll ever shake. I don't think I'll ever shake that lone wolf feeling. Yeah. Like, like what? What the fuck do I have to do to get some respect? Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? But that's what the what the fuck do I have to do to get some respect is also the how fast do I have to fucking swim? Yeah. To get this, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And how do you keep how do you keep that that drive without without um, keeping that sort of uh, sadness or guilt or whatever it is? Well, I, I think what I had to realize was, like I said, he left and it was a gift. Um, and I realized that from a very young age, I thought that if I could just be successful enough, swim fast enough, I can, everyone can be together and we can all be happy, you know, because I, you know, I was, you know, one to three years old as this stuff was going down, completely powerless over the situation. Absolutely. And so I essentially wanted power and control over it. And I want, I really like it when everyone is just provided for and you want to be a hero in a way that you can and you swim fast. Yeah. And that's a simple truth. Some people throw a baseball fast or jump high and you get to be the guy who gets to take everyone out to dinner and sign the bill and feel like you have control financially. And yeah, absolutely. I don't even care if people know that I signed the bill. Absolutely. I, I just want, I like it when people are accounted for and feel good, have fun. And you want to so be able to charter the boat that everyone mm-hmm. gets to go yeah. catch sun on. And if yeah. everyone's happy, who cares? Yeah. That's a very um, codependent <clears throat> in a good way feeling where you want to yeah. be this, this magnet that provides. Yeah. yeah. What's wrong with that? I mean, yeah. but what can you do? So how, do, how does that, how do you take the positives of that? But not like, uh, cause my, my whole thing is like not reaching the level of success that I want to be at mm. currently. I sometimes, like I was saying before with Tasha, don't feel like I deserve a vacation or don't feel like yeah. I can provide. And how do you, how do you reach those feelings of, of, um, feeling like you ha- are there already? Um, well it, you know, it is a practice. Um, and it's also just realizing that everything, if, if you really want to do what you want to do, you have to do it out of love. If you're doing it out of, um, you know, well, that guy is successful. So I got to be successful. Or like you said, wanting control or, or just power over a situation, you're never going to be happy. So just like kind of that surrender and just like living in light and love is as hippie as that sounds, but just like, so surrendering, not, not trying to succeed for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Just, yeah. it's, it's gotta be a, it's gotta be a, like a self, I mean, selfish in a good way, like for yeah. your own sake and wanting that to like run off to yeah. your surrounding yeah. friends and family. Yeah. And, and treating yourself and acting in a way that, resonates at that frequency of like you deserve what you have or what you're going to get you know like 
the the shaman I met yesterday, he said, "Be the gold medal." You know, and it's like I was like, "Wow," you know, it's yeah, a simple statement, but just and it kind of reminds me of something that Demartini says. Like it, he he asked people, "Okay, if I told you that, uh, say who who's the most inspiring person? Like who do you look up to the most?" Oh, jeez, mentioned like Anthony Robbins. Let's say Anthony Robbins was going to come over to your house tonight. Okay, would you go home? Would you do anything different to your place? Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd make sure it's clean and make sure it's clean, dress right? nice, and so you're not treating yourself like the most important person in the world. Wow, that's, you know that's what you got to do. Interesting. So yeah, that's powerful stuff. Yeah. yeah. So really, just be in the, I mean, there's probably a million ways to say that, but really, be like the master of your domain, the yeah. real like. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and some people do that by making the bed every morning, and, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. that's yeah, that's that's something I think I've gained through my relationship is a little more cleanliness. Cool. That like yeah. as a guy who's lived with a bunch of dudes, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, it's like if you if you feel unkempt and just disheveled or not healthy, mm-hmm. and that's like get that's uh, the, the, you know that's the that's important thing of dieting and eating right. It's yeah. because you don't want to look in the mirror and not like the person you see, how the fuck are you going to inspire others? And Mm -hmm. it's not about shaming someone who's overweight, but like it's, it was today's society where we're making it too cool to be okay with whatever your disheveled self is. And you're like, all right, let's just take it one step at a time. Yeah. Go get some fresh air. And actually, so we actually got to wrap this up in a minute. We're already, we're going to have to do this again. Yeah. I got a lot of funny stories. I I know spark notes on this episode. (laughs) We're already at an hour. So uh, let me tie, I want to tie in, just getting you to where you are now. Yeah. So you were in. So did your relationship not? Did did um did your energy levels kind of just go in different directions or? Um, or what, what part did you know that this wasn't something you were going to continue with? It, I think I, I knew it for quite a few months, um, and my mentor um, had been telling me even many months before that, and I just didn't want to hear it. Did your mentor um, and your girlfriend at the time? Did they have any sort of like? Did your girlfriend know she was being not replaced, but uh, that you were being influenced by others? There was, yeah, that's a good question. So they, you know, they met, you know, pretty much right when we met and stuff. Um, and my mentor, she's very, very honest and just, you know, blunt, but in your best interest. And some people can handle it, and some people can't. So my girlfriend didn't know how to feel about you know me spending so much time with another woman first of all and i get that absolutely um and then i was coming up here and spending the night quite a bit because i train in burbank i was living in venice and that commute just kills yeah, my son absolutely right? so and that's another factor um eventually they did say your down. mentor's married right yeah she's, she's but, married she lives here with her husband i but, live here with their parents and but there's a quality time issue there's yeah. an issue where you're choosing exactly you know it's a very in your mm-hmm. face yeah and um <clears throat> so you know that that was a struggle. They eventually did sit down and have a talk, and my girlfriend said it was like one of the best talks she's ever had. She got a lot of clarity about what she should be doing with her life and how oh, she great. should be kind of progressing and and taking action on certain steps and not doing other things. So I was like, oh, that's amazing because she was, you know, she she felt great about it. Um, and then they never really talked again. Like you know, some some texting here and there, um, but. You know, it so there wasn't much of a follow through with. Yeah, it kind of went back to her being a bit jealous about what was going on. I don't think she knew that like people were telling me to break up with her and stuff. And I, I'm always going to do what I'm going to do. I, you know, march to the beat of my own drum. Um, but then, so I talked to my mentor about it some more. I talked to a couple like close friends that I would say are more spiritual and intuitive than 
you know, your everyday person you meet. And they're all kind of telling me the same things. Like as soon as I did make this decision, the universe is going to provide more. I would, you know, have more energy. Everything that I need would start to show up. And it's like, it's scary trusting that I've, you know, I do trust it. I trust the universe completely, but, but you start to live out the, yeah, you start yeah. to live it out and you don't just get to be like, all right, it's yeah. over. Yeah. So a lot of baggage. We, we broke shit. up and pretty much the next day I got on a flight to Mexico city for my best friend's wedding is two of my best friends, my neighbor in the dorms. She's now a professional golfer from Mexico. Uh, her name is Margarita. She married my best friend, Nico. And we all went to U of A and stuff. Um, she's from Mexico City. He's from another city in Mexico. Just the best time ever. So I got to go from a breakup to Mexico City with all my best friends. We were downtown. We went hiking pyramids. We got fucked up. We went dancing. Um, is this still? Is this? The, is this the? Uh, now I have to spoiler alert. <laughs> I have to say that you're the only person Snapchat I watched where I saw a full man's penis oh, really <laughs> was, was this the same trip or i was saw yeah i don't know which trip it you was had a, it you had a you know it wasn't like a dick pic it was a video of uh, you like doing cannonballs on a yacht really <laughs> and i go that looks dick <laughs> it wasn't yeah. a dick slip it was a full bear hell yeah and i'm I, hey i'm all about it that. go good yeah. good for you thanks man yeah <laughs> that's awesome i was like i was like i hope tasha's not watching this <laughs> <laughs> so that was cabo i just got back from cabo so i I went to Mexico City for about four or five days. It was just great. You just got 50 new Snapchat followers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, all right, right yeah, let me inspect yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, there's going to be dicks on there. So I was like, I was like, sorry, uh, Luke's, uh, that's what I was like. I think Luke's single now. I, was like, <laughs> I don't think relationship Luke uh, lets his trout hang out in Cabo. Uh, I do. But, anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah. So how, so how has it felt? Back. Yeah. So how has it felt being... Yeah, uh, not having the burden of a relationship. I mean, it's a burden. It's, yeah. a, it's a workout. It's, yeah, it's a it's a place that you have to put energy. And I want to put my energy into my swimming and my business and my development. Um, so it's been it's been amazing. Like I said, that taking that step was scary. But then after I did it, I started swimming faster. Like we we uh, log my times every single day. Yeah, you didn't have to carry out. your purse anymore. You had all this <laughs> yeah. resistance. Yeah. Um, so I started swimming faster. I started making more money and I made like hundreds of new friends in like two months. It, you know, just crazy. The, the synchronicities, a woman gave me this crystal that I'm wearing here. This nice. is kyanite. She gave it to me like hours after we broke up and she had no idea. Kyanite. And this matches up with like, you know, my sign and, and just, you know, it's, it's very like protective and balancing the chakras. You know, it's like, did your, did your girlfriend that you broke up with, did, uh, how did she react? I thought it was peaceful. Um, then when I went back a couple of weeks later to gather my things, you know, there was a note pretty much telling me I'm a horrible person and she should have left me a long time ago. And, you know, I get it. She's a little bitter and it's she's a, that's, yeah, that. that's a stage. Yeah. And so that, that was kind of like, do you oh, think she's well. better for it now? Do you think she's a better, better off? Oh yeah. Cause Deal, she, dealing she dealing with her own stuff now. Or? Yeah. Well, cause for a while leading up to it. I had this feeling like she was holding me back and I knew why. Cause I, I influenced her in a lot of ways. She, when, when we started dating, she wasn't very healthy and you know, like I'm obviously into all this stuff. So I got her eating better and just living better. And you know, she was partying a lot. So we kind of toned that down and you know, there's people that are going to listen to this and say, wow, you know, there, there, there will be women or men listening where that have been dumped and thinking, wow, this guy, you know, what you sound like, you know what you're doing, but you've, you hurt somebody. Yeah. And then what's, I mean, and obviously you do, but you were probably hurt too. Mm -hmm. But like, obviously if you're the one who does the dumping, you don't get to 
play the victim card as much. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. you must have felt incredible. I mean, did you have any regrets or did you know? Yeah, I knew. And I, I just I focused on appreciating the fact that we had an amazing couple years together, that we both were each other's first love. And I just focused on appreciating that. And you like, think you could be friends again? Um, or is it just yeah. not even? I, I, I mean, I have not spoken to her since. Uh, she blocked me on everything, you know, all that. So, so I, she's not going to be a fan of this show, then. No, not at all. I um, lost another one. <laughs> um, but, but who knows what kind of work she's yeah. doing on her own? Yeah. And, 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 and in the end, it's all about growing spiritually. That's yeah. That's what I was going to say. Is I, I felt like I, she was holding me back for a while, but then I started getting this intuitive feeling that I was holding her back, and I was like, "You can, right. you can absolutely both be holding each other back, absolutely, yeah." yeah. And in different like, ways, whatever yeah. you need to grow. Yeah, and I was like, "I need to investigate this," and then I realized, oh, once we part ways, she's going to go through a very difficult time, but then a very, you know, I don't know, a time of a lot of growth, absolutely, and, and development. So I was like, "That's what needs." To it's happen. important that it's 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 a good thing she blocked you. Yeah, it's a good thing that there's no like I'm going to show him, and when yeah. you start playing that game where you see who's going to be better off, no. you both can you need to head in your own direction. Yeah, and um, I have I don't I don't keep any sort of um, communications with exes. I, yeah. It's just. I mean, I'll, I'll still peruse their Instagram here and there and just yeah. be like, wow, what's up with their life? Yeah. But not in a way where I'm like actively like uh, yeah. in the end, why wouldn't you want someone else to be yeah. a champion? Even yeah. if they fucked you over. Yeah. Cause hope, in the end, you know. if it gets you, if it gets you to where you need to be, then that was just, that's how the, that's how the uh, story is told. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wish her the best and it, you know, it's all working out. Like you said, it's good that she blocked me. Cause if she saw me parting on a yacht full of, she saw that Cabo, dick. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Was that on my story? It was on your Snapchat. Was it like, on my Trust story, me, I wasn't though? looking for it. I just saw Did it. Did I, I send like, it to you? Or was it on my story? Well, you might've sent it to me, but I think uh, that would have been sure. weird. I think it was probably on your story. Classic. I don't, I'm not good with Snapchat. Yeah, I'm not good. I with mean, it. my dick's been all over my Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> like we always like when I party with my friends, Wake up the next day, start watching each other's stories. We're like, oh fuck, like that's dude, funny. You got to delete that. My like, dick's oh, on there. jeez, Luke's yeah. got a shocker hanging yeah. out again. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we got to get out of here. We yeah, only yeah. broke the ice. We're we're yeah. at seventy minutes. We got um, next so, time. We so, got college stories. I got a lot of spring yeah, break stories. This just caught us up to where we are today. Yeah. And for yeah. those listening, we are at a beautiful home in the in the um right off the right off the rolling hill, the Hollywood Hills. Yeah. Um. In, in, in the center of Los Angeles. We'll do a quick um, uh, Instagram video yeah, for yeah. people. So follow yeah. us on Instagram, sexactuallypod, or my personal Instagram, dneals, D-N-E-A-L-Z, and give your social media one more time. Uh, Luke Peckman, so L-U-K-E-P-E-C-H-M-A-N-N. The Peckman. Yeah, Peckman. Ironic. Yeah. The Peckman's all yeah. over Snapchat. My, my uh, name when I was born was Luke Armfield. So arms and now pecs. Jeez. You know? I always, um, I was saying you look like your abs in some of your photos look like you swallowed a sack of like, um, clementines <laughs> and they're all like lined up perfectly two by two. <laughs> I literally need to get in you. better yeah. shape. If I'm going to Greece oh. next month or wherever yeah. that, wherever I end up, I oh, need a I smidge yeah. of, I need uh, yeah, to align. That's what I do, man. I'll my chakras and not get stuck at an yeah. Arby's. We'll get um, your nutrition on point. We'll go do some yoga. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Yeah, Thanks man. so much for talking to me today. We just Dude. flew through that, but yeah. um, we got to get out of here. Thank you for so coming. yeah, come back. You've got your next big so people can send you some love and positive energy. Yeah. Your next big meet is in a couple uh, months? Yeah. A couple of weeks. Mesa Grand Prix, um, April 13th through 15th. I'll and you're going to be Snapchatting, oh, yeah. Shalnet? Oh, oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, we got 
Masters Nationals, which we just found out Ryan Lochte joined our team, so I'll be on a relay with Ryan dude, Lochte. I've, and I've been a supporter of his. Yeah. Dude, dude parties a little bit. He makes an ass out of himself. Yeah. But the fact that, like, I thought he got railroaded in Rio. Yeah, I really did. He hits a couple signs. He's drunk. It's like, geez, if you if you had if it's the shit that I did that I've done, I get he's not, like, a teen. He's, he's yeah. an adult, but, like. I don't care. Like, dude, I'll the, show dude. you. I have videos of me doing the same. <laughs> like, that's, like, one of the things that me. It's just so a security yeah. So a security guard comes up to him with a gun and he's like, "What the fuck? You got to pay for this shit." Uh, you know, maybe he didn't have it held to his head. Who knows? Well, but like, you know, you you, you uh, real sketchy. Yeah. What I will sketchy. say is the, the one mistake he made was apologizing. I would just own it. I would be like, "Fuck yeah, I got fucked up and we fucked shit up." And yeah. I, and I'm not sorry. Like that's just who I am. Like I realize that I don't need to do that every day, and I realize kids are looking up to me, and some people are gonna hate me for it. But it's fucking hilarious. But you're not perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Luke Peckman, everybody. Thanks so much for doing this Thank episode. You, this was a ton of fun. Everyone, yeah. go follow him. Send stoked, him some man. love. Uh, root him on. And um, dude, yeah, I can't wait. We gotta, yeah. gotta have you on as soon. As, come back as right after the after Mesa and, yeah. and, and talk to us yeah. again. And yeah. um, thanks so much we're, for all we're the neighbors now, I'm dude. Yeah, we're neighbors. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the words of encouragement yeah. and everyone out there. Uh, go go follow Luke and yeah. um, stay stay motivated, folks. Yeah. Everyone have a great weekend. That was it. Thanks so yeah. much, buddy. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye bye.